It's the Face of Chicago Business Podcast, introducing you to the stories behind the faces, focused on fixing today's problems with thoughtful leadership and purposeful living. Sit down with us as we get to know the individuals who make our city second to none. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is the Face of Chicago Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by CPA and business buyer advisor, Michael Reeder. Michael, thanks for coming in, brother. My pleasure, Tony. Great to be here. Man, what an expert in what you do. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, talking to you, the first impression I got, I was like, man, this guy is so knowledgeable. It's amazing. I'm passionate about what I do, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. That's the thing. When you love what you do, it just, it doesn't get any better than that. Amen, man. So you grew up in Chicago. Yes, sir. Kind of similar story to me. You know, you, you spend like eight years of your life there and then move out to the Burbs, right? Yeah. So I grew up, uh, so born in Evanston Hospital. Uh, first eight years of my life, my family lived on Bernard Street um, in the North Park neighborhood like right across the street from like just a couple blocks east of Northeastern Illinois University. Two, in 95, my mom got a job as a librarian at one of the suburban high schools. So pretty much lived in Skokie. I went to, and then I, my college years, um, you know, I went to Indiana University. I came back home. I actually had a little too much fun partying <laughs> at, at Indiana, to be honest. Came back home, finished up at Oakton Community College and Northeastern Illinois. I met my now wife, Mimi, in uh, 2010. You know, we would live in the city, um, and then we eventually bought a house in Lincolnwood. So, oh, wow. Yeah, born and raised in the Chicago area. Okay. So, so, living some of my life in the actual city, but the majority of it in the suburbs. And then uh, Indiana, so I'm assuming you came back to Oakton because you had a little too much fun? A little too much fun. That's yeah. all right. Yeah. I mean, it's a learning lesson, right? Yeah, exactly. My idea of college back when I was in high school was, you know, like, um, you know, like you just watch all those movies like Van Wilder and old school. And so like my idea, my idea of college and high school was just go and party. Yeah. And so I did that a little too much and I jumped around majors. I was a physical therapy major. Couldn't okay. see, see myself doing it. I was a journalism major. <laughs> I couldn't see myself doing it. And I didn't know what I was doing really uh, other than just kind of like uh, wasting my parents' money. So I got out of there and uh, recalibrated back home. Okay. Went to Oakton and I needed to, I, I didn't want to be one of those people that took forever to graduate college. So it took me five years when it was all said and done, but I settled on accounting as my undergraduate just because I needed something that was practical that I could get a job with out of college. So that's what I did. As I think of you and, and you know, just how passionate you are about what you do, it, it seems crazy to me that you would have struggled identifying with that you know most of the time when you see that kind of passion in someone it's like i knew i was going to do this when i was a kid yeah, but not for you no way. <laughs> yeah so now wh when did where did that come from where you have such a passion for business now because it really extends beyond just being an accountant a cpa right right it's 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 much more than that yeah wh when did that i guess kind of develop in terms of your passion for 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 business it's just something that manifested over time um when i first started so I, I own Swartz and Reader Advisors. We're a CPA firm in Northbrook, working with clients locally and nationwide. The majority of our clients are in the greater Chicago area, but we have clients all over the country. My mentor, Barry Swartz, um, when I first started working with him, it was Swartz Financial Management back when I first met him in 2010, uh, became a partner in 2015, switched the name of the company to Swartz and Reader Advisors then. And uh, when I first started working with him, it was really just, a, this is a job. I don't really know anything other than I'm just going to, I'm just going to get my CPA license by working with Barry and, and, you know, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, he pretty much took me under his wing. And the next thing you know, I own a part of the company that originally hired me out of college. And, you know, we, we recently, um, 
my wife Mimi and I shout out to Mimi and my daughter Rayleigh. She said that you know I had to give her a shout out. So <laughs> Mimi, I love you. Rayleigh, I love you. Um, one day I'm an employee working for this company and I have this great and I'm blessed to have a mentor like Barry. And the next thing you know, I'm I'm uh, discussing partnership with him. I'm a partner. And then also during those years, 2014, 2015, we purchased a few other CPA firms in the greater Chicago area. We purchased one in Libertyville. Okay. We purchased one in Elgin. We merged them into our book of business. And then I, and so the, this entrepreneurial spirit in me started to, uh, you know, come and it's always been inside of me. And I started to think back. I was like, you know, when I was a kid, like when I was a, when I was a Boy Scout, I was always super passionate about like selling the popcorn. Uh, me and my buddies, like when we were little kids, like we we made like a haunted house in my garage, and we were charging people for admission to come in. So like like these, like I started thinking about myself. Like I think I've I've kind of been an entrepreneur my whole life. I, I I went into the accounting industry because I just needed something out of college that was practical, and then it just snowballed into. Then I just happened to like meet this great guy Barry Swartz, who me and him just ended up hitting it off. He's like a second father to me. Mm-hmm. And, and then he just took me under his wing and, you know, and then my wife joined the business in 2013. Oh, wow. We purchased these other companies. I don't know. It just, ha- it just happened as yeah. the years went on. Well, no, I mean, I think it's awesome that you even reflected and said, you know, I, I kind of had these qualities uh, as a kid, right? Yeah. Um, do you think that, well, first of all, brothers, or sisters? I have an older brother. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you think that that was kind of like a family thing? Did you, did Definitely parents? not. Well, okay. good question. Uh, in my, in my like not in my nuclear family sure like my my mom dad and brother are like the like they're all great people doing like my mom's a librarian my dad's a consultant and, and a writer my brother he's in the rotc he's also a chicago police officer oh, nice. he served in the israeli defense forces for two years that's uh cool. super and he's and, and he's one of the smartest people i know hmm. um and uh but but just they're not else. entrepreneurs right. however my cousin um lester he uh, owns Max and Benny's restaurant in Delhi in Northbrook. Yeah, of course. So I have uncles on my dad's side that that started a restaurant supply company, and then there, and then one of their sons, my cousin Lester, he started Max and Benny's. Okay. My mom is Irish Catholic, and uh, you know her her whole family, like you know, they came from the motherland in Ireland, and then like they settled in Boston. My uh, maternal grandfather owned a flower shop in the suburbs of Boston. Hmm. So I do got some entrepreneurial on like both sides of the family, albeit not in my immediate family. Sure, sure, sure. But I got the, you got the bugs in the, the DNA. DNA. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so when you started, I guess, well, originally when you went into uh, this employment, right, it, it wasn't the expectation that uh, you'd eventually be a partner or anything like that, right? No way. Yeah. So, so was, you really were thrown into it. I was thrown into it, yeah. I mean, I, I thought that I, it was just a stepping stone for me. Yeah. Like, so he's 78 years old now. Okay. And he's going to keep working. Like, yeah. He loves what he does. But uh, he didn't, you know, he has two daughters and they're not involved in the business and they have no interest in it. And so so I was his exit plan. Yeah, yeah. And so we're still working together. The son he never had. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like a second father to me. Like, yeah, we no, really have amazing. a great relationship like that. That's how, And so did you guys meet professionally? I mean, it was the, like, did you apply it and that's the first time? No. You so I, when I, when I was about to graduate Northeastern with my degree in accounting, my dad reconnected with an old friend that he lost touch with for over 30 years, mm. Barry's brother. <laughs> and in conversation, they were just saying, oh, so how are you doing? Oh, my son's about to graduate with a degree in accounting. Oh, my brother's got uh, a small CPA from out in Schaumburg. Uh, the two of them should meet. So I met Barry in November of 2010, and as as, as as Barry and I always say, it was love at first sight. No way. Yeah, it was just uh, 
So what was it that appealed to you, number one, about working for a small business? I mean, that's really what it came down to, right? I mean, you're working for kind of a mom and pop type shop, as big as that may be, um, versus going to a bigger firm. That I was just humbled from day one with Barry. Uh, he just pretty much put all of his chips in the Mike Reader basket, and I just didn't want to let him down. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I was just like, the only accounting experience that I had going into my uh, job over at, at then at then it was sports financial management was in, in the field of accounting the only experience I had was earlier that summer the summer of 2010 June July like really like June and July of 2010 like a two three month unpaid internship at the CPA firm for my cousin's restaurant so mm. my cousin had an accountant yep, yep. and I was and, and I was working at my cousin's restaurant Max and Benny's for that summer just like working the deli and stuff so he hooked me up with a uh, with his with his accountant for an unpaid internship, you know, like uh, was it a larger firm or was it? It was small? it was it was pretty small too. It was yeah. bigger than Barry's at that time. Real, I learned some stuff there, but it was just like two or three months unpaid. So how much can you really learn? Sure. And then also just like you know, learning accounting in school is nothing like the real world. My real education started when I when I started working with Barry for sure. And not not to put you on the spot in terms of that internship, but do you feel like you know it kind of give you. Uh, a different taste in terms of what you were looking for, maybe not looking for uh, in a company, even if even if it's just, it is your first job. Business is all one big game of leverage. Yeah. And so at that time, I really needed any experience that I could get. And so to get an unpaid internship, and this is before I met Barry, so an unpaid internship at my cousin's CPA firm, I jumped on it because it's unpaid, but I don't have any experience. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And look, you've done a lot since then. So you know, 33 now, about yeah. to be 34. And, yeah. and a baby recently too. Baby, yeah. That's amazing. What baby is your baby's name? Rayleigh. Uh, yeah, a little girl. She's four uh, and a half months. Wow, now. congrats, man. That's amazing. Feeling blessed, thank you. Yeah, so now, you know, being a business owner, talk to me about some of the things that, that you guys have gone through in terms of overcoming uh, business obstacles. Barry is a, a, a great accountant but he'll be the first to tell you that he's not the most tech savvy uh, guy out there. He's more of an old school paper and pencil kind of guy. <laughs> For sure. So when I got involved in 2010, when my wife got involved in 2013, uh, after I got my CPA license and, and, and uh, became a minority partner in the business before I um, you know, took full ownership recently in 2019. Congratulations, uh, by the thank way. Thank you. Yeah. My wife and I really, the firm needed to get caught up into the modern day. We created an uh, an an infrastructure of a complete digital workflow. We got, we invested in a much more comprehensive tax software. Um, all of our, like we really uh, put in a lot of internal systems and processes that just help the overall workflow of the client's documentation, the communication with within uh, internal team members. What I love about being a business owner, it's challenging. And like the lifestyle is not for everyone. Sure. But what I love is the, the fact that I'm doing it for myself. I like to think of it as the, the gamification of business. So I play a game with myself uh, every day when I'm in business. Okay. And two, like, so one of them is I, I pretend that I wake up tomorrow and Barry passes away. Okay. I love you, Barry. You know, we always have this conversation, so you know it's coming from a place of love. Barry's still heavily involved in the business. He loves what he does and stuff like that. But with that being said, he's 78 years old. Sure. What if? Another thing is I, you know, like, like I have great people on my team that are you know, tax return preparers, reviewers, bookkeepers, et cetera, et cetera. I know that life happens to everyone. Sure. So I'm always talking to people, always recruiting people to join my team. I'm a big Bulls fan. So like Tom Thibodeau, when he was the coach, he would always say like, you know, next man up. Whenever life happens to anyone, I don't want my business to be in the, I n never want to be 
too dependent on one person. If you want to scale a business, you have to just trust in other human beings. Do you think that's more of a a mindset than it is a, a strategy? Like, do you think people just have to get out of their own way like we talked about earlier? Like, I've tried to do everything myself in business. Sure, so, like, yeah. me and Barry, uh, you know, like, so, like, like th- I was a three-sport athlete in high school, very athletic in, in early college, but then from my mid-20s to early 30s, uh, I just put on the weight, put on the weight, yeah. put on the weight, put on the weight. And it was because I was obsessed with the almighty dollar. I was obsessed with working, grinding, you know, but like I was, and that just, was a priority in terms that of that was time. priority over everything. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I wasn't working out, I wasn't eating healthy and I was mentally exhausted each day, but <laughs> yeah. I was, but I was just sitting at a desk each day. Yeah. And so overeating, you know, I'm six feet tall. I got to about 270 pounds. Oh, wow. And, uh, and what now, do you weigh now? 190. Jeez. Yeah. And That's so, a lot of weight. Yeah. And so, um, as the years were going on, I was just getting more and more uncomfortable in my own skin. Yep. I was making good money from my late twenties to now and I'm blessed for that, but for, you know, just at until, a price, right? At a price. I yeah. wasn't enjoying my day-to-day life. I mean, people talk about wealth all the time and it's like, unless you have physical health, you have no wealth whatsoever in your life. I mean, right. money's nothing. It's if really, you can't yeah. enjoy it. We're only on this earth for so many years. Take, take me through what it, I mean, I know where you're at now, right? I mean, in terms of the way you look and, and everything, you, just, you have a lot of energy, right? What was it like back then? What, what How do you compare the person you are now versus the person you were then uh, as a result of the lifestyle changes you've made man uh i feel i have more energy now than i've ever had before in my life even when i was uh, a three-sport athlete back in high school really um absolutely yeah. now it's just, just because you may, you're making a lot more conscious choices about you know diet sleep i mean everything my right? whole, your, your routine. whole routine right yeah your, your whole lifestyle my root like, i'm very religious about my routine and many would say it's an extreme routine but it, it works for me and so self-awareness is key like what what works for me may not work for you but i like to document my day-to-day and share with others what my routine is sure. because if i can provide value to one person out there then great and so well, um, and, and before yeah. we get into your routine what sparked that so so you got fed up one day right yep. so so here you are um you said late 20s, right? When you had to make that change? Uh, early 30s, really. Oh, really? Yeah, so okay. I, I'm about to be 34 in a month. And so uh, it was really in the summer of 2019. So when I was 32. Yeah. Oh, I, in the summer? Of- I was I was, like, I was I was losing a little bit of weight, uh, like, you know, like 31, 32. I was going from like 270 to like 260, 256 ish, 255. But I was still like 256. Like in the and, summer, and at of that 19. time, what were you doing? You were you were dieting, were you exercising no, a little bit? No, I was nothing. just I was still working a bunch, and I was still. But the weight like, was just coming off. I just had horrible. Eat, like I was just not eating as much. I but I was eating more healthy. Gotcha. Like gotcha, I was gotcha. eating like I was still eating a lot, but I was like eating sushi instead of fried chicken. Sure. You know? But I was still big. So what happened? I went to the doctor. Okay. I, I hadn't been to the doctor for a while because and I just took like a checkup. I, just a checkup. Yeah. Okay. And and everything was fine, but I was I was two fifty six from that point forward. It was just lockdown mode. Yeah. Like, I just couldn't. I was just sick and tired of this. And what did that look like for you? Because, I mean, obesity is not something that's uh, uncommon in this country. It's right. Just, it's, it's, it's too common, right? It's, so, like, what was literally the very next step that you took? Really, I, I mean, I'm, like, like, I have empathy for people that are doing this stuff on their own because I'm blessed to have a, a wonderful wife in Mimi. So I just went to Mimi and I was just like, listen, like, I just need you to help me. Like, I don't want to order any, like, I don't want to order out anymore. Let's just go grocery shopping and get like good stuff. And let like, for dinner, like, you know, let's just like, so she would make me like this, like nice big salad for dinner every night. And then I, I, I was going on a lot of walks and then I, and, and, and I would eat like uh, some fruit in the morning. I wasn't intermittent fasting at first, but then 
from July 2019 to December of 2019, I was losing like one and a half to two pounds a week. Okay. And then when December hit... And this is just through intermittent fasting? No, I wasn't intermittent fasting yet at that point. Oh, you were At that point, I was just not... I just wasn't like eating like a pig every day. (laughs) Like just that alone. And when you say eating like a pig, did you have a tendency just to overeat? Is that what it was? Yeah. So I and I still have a tendency to overeat, yeah, and, me I, too. and I'll explain that. No, but, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but like, but like, I was overeating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, it's more of an addictive personality than anything it else, is. isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. I have an addictive. So yeah, that's like, it, this yeah. whole thing has been a spiritual journey of me <laughs> understanding the way that I am, self-realization, and then building a lifestyle that optimizes myself the way that God made me. Yeah. So I like, love that. Like, there are people out there that can eat five or six small meals a day. I can't. Yeah. I, like when I'm eating, I like to eat. <laughs> However, eating one big meal a day instead yeah, of three and exactly. loading up on a bunch of nutritious stuff during that one big meal works for me. Yeah, that's exactly. But before like it was me. like, yeah, like before that it was like wake up in the morning, go to Chick-fil-A, get a oh. breakfast burrito, some hash browns, you know, and then go to Starbucks, get two triple grande white mochas. Jeez. And then for lunch, go to Pop Bellies and get like a meatball sub. Yeah. Like around 2 p.m. Yeah. And then another Starbucks. Yeah. And then for dinner, like, you know, Grubhub some like Mexican food or Chinese food or whatever. Now I just, I intermittent fast for 22 to 23 hours a day. Oh, so really is one meal a day, typically? I, only one meal a day. Wow. And so like 22 to 23 hours, I, the only liquids that go into my body these days are water, black coffee, and tea. Okay. No, I don't drink alcohol. Um, and so, and all these choices are strictly from like you talk about optimizing. It's and it's because I feel. Optimize. It's because like how I feel. Yeah. I feel great because of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when I do eat my one meal, I start. I got my, my whole thing. Like I start off with a vegetable soup, and then I eat a little bowl of raspberries and blueberries. Pop in a couple of multivitamins. Then I eat this big salad that's got all the fixins in there, like you know all the greens, tomatoes. Uh, carrots, you name it. Got like nuts in there, like almonds, walnuts, pumpkin wow. seeds, sunflower seeds. Where did you? learn all this i mean it's it's good stuff right but where did you get this information what where did you start saying okay these are the foods that i should have versus not like where did that education come from you know talking with my wife you know just doing internet research much more much more (laughs) yeah and again like you know she must be very patient having like like to all like like having a spouse who is like amazing like is a big reason so i don't want to take all the credit like again like shout out to mimi like i'm like spoiled that i have her like she's a martial artist She's always been, you know, she's into healing arts. She's always been super healthy. That's awesome. So I'm in an advantage. So you got that. a good one. Got, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, and what did you notice in terms of, because it was very drastic and very sudden, the change, right? And going from 256 to, to 190, that's that's a big difference. And what, what have you noticed, I guess, in, in, in your professional life and your personal life that, that has improved? Everything has improved. Mm-hmm. I'm just, because I am optimized as a human being, doing what I do with my daily routine, and everything is optimized. Just my health is optimized. My 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 energy is optimized. My relationships with people are optimized. My focus is optimized. Just everything. What, what does that look like when when you talk to people? Do they, you know, do they are they receptive to it? Do do they look at you and say, "Man, I can do it too," and get motivated? Yeah, I mean, uh, my energy is contagious. Like when I'm talking to people, they're always like, "Well, I, you know," and like so whether they do anything with it or not, I definitely. Uh, have seemed to be uplifting people in my conversations with them when I share my routine yeah. uh, this last you know six to nine months like uh, and I just and it's just uh, it's all just coming from the heart I'm not holding anything back I'm just speaking my truth energy is contagious good or bad and yeah. so I'm just like I, I'm, I'm happy that I'm out here just you know spreading good energy if I can like I said if I can help one person then God bless I love that man so now talk to me about what a business buyer advisor does I'm a business buyer advisor, so I, I own a CPA firm. I also own a business brokerage franchise consulting firm. Yeah. 
And so the, the latter helps people buy and sell businesses, both franchise and non-franchise. Uh, over at my CPA firm, I have a niche in the business resale and franchise world. I'm the affiliate CPA of several franchise consulting networks and independent franchise consultants and business brokers across the country. In that role, I work with buyers of all different uh, consultants out there Mm -hmm. that are going through the business buying process, and I offer free consultation calls as the CPA to answer any sort of accounting, tax, entity structure, funding, financial projection, resale financial statement due diligence, certain certain items of the franchise disclosure document questions that these buyers have as they go through their business investigation and business purchase process and so with that process of mine a lot of those people once they buy their business and and i have small businesses across the country many of which are franchises as cpa clients over at my cpa firm sports and reader advisors yeah. so pretty much what i do on these consultation calls is i provide free value for that one hour and just naturally a lot of the people that I work with after they buy their business they come back to work with me as their CPA for ongoing accounting and tax services for their small business and then I also own a business brokerage franchise consulting firm so not only am I the CPA with a niche in the business resale and franchise consulting world but I also own a business brokerage franchise consulting firm BizFran Hub with my partner John and my wife Mimi we're working with buyers looking to buy businesses to exit corporate and to buy a business as a st- as a as an alternative to going to another corporate job uh, we work with buyers that are keeping their corporate job but want to invest in a business as a uh, investment diversification and maybe exit corporate in three to five years down the road and and, and most of those are uh, first-time business buyers right I mean, several the majority yeah yeah which I, I found like encouraging one yeah you know you hear so often and real estate is always such a big thing right I mean you have shows and HGTV and whatever that's out there uh, glamorizing the industry and which in all due respect like, yeah, it deserves it right but it's not the only investment option right right and, and people look at it like oh I have this many doors or this many properties so I guess what I'm hearing too is this is kind of an alternative to someone who's looking to invest some money in, in real estate maybe consider buying a business right it, it seems to be really trendy these days that you know you know entrepreneurship is a sexy term yep. everyone wants to be an entrepreneur everyone wants to be a business owner but then when the rubber meets the road people are like oh like there's where do I start involved. yeah there's work involved what <laughs> and and so but the average person out there thinks that the only options that they have are to be an employee somewhere yep. or to start their own business and and so the latter is one way of being a business owner uh, it's risky um, you can go y- years with you know at, at a loss um, and so what I what I do as a business buyer advisor in the context of being a, a, a a franchise consultant and a business because we also look at non-franchise resales is the world of business resale the world of existing business systems which is what a resale is is what a franchise model is for people out there that want to be a business owner that want to leave corporate they just don't know where to start they can explore the and when most people think of franchising they think of what, what is this guy trying to do sell me on a taco bell or a kfc <laughs> like when people think of the when the word the average person thinks of the word franchising they think of food service they, th- they think of fast sure, food sure. there's over 300 industries that franchise businesses exist in there are low level investments medium level investments high level investments there's home base brick and mortar there's service businesses b2b b2c uh there's so much that the world fran- that the world of franchising has to offer when you're a, a franchisee you're backed by the franchisor so you don't have to like so for that average person thinking about do i go to a corporate you know, do i continue to be a corporate employee or do i start my own business when they choose to start their own business you know they have to Start, they have to like you know reinvent the wheel they have to start from scratch right but I mean, exactly yeah. and if when you invest in a franchise 
you're already getting that playbook. Absolutely. And you just have to follow the playbook. So in terms of the the clients you have, I'm sure most of them are already, you know, they're, they're kind of in that, I want them looking to buy a business, right? For those that are listening or watching that wouldn't even know where to start or, you know, is this for me? You know, what does that learning curve look like in, in terms of just getting started or kind of taking that next step? So I highly advise them to work with me to go through my business buying advisory consulting process. Okay. So it's a, it's a, a, this is my second thing that I do. So unlike a lot of competitors in this industry, that the only thing that, that they do is they, they are business brokers and, and there are a lot of great ones out there, um, but it's very transactional. Yeah. And so I'm making a comfortable six-figure living over at my CPA firm. So uh, my, my business, like when I'm working in the context of a franchise consultant or a business broker, my default pace is slow. Yeah. If someone wants to move fast, I'll move fast with them. Uh, but buying a business is a big deal, so the process should be treated that way. And as big of a deal as it is, I mean, some of the numbers, and, and not, not to talk numbers, but houses seem a little more expensive at times to, than, than buying a business. Absolutely. Like, so what are, I guess, and, and talk to me about some of those advantages, because I'd love to hear them. Um, when it comes to being a business owner versus, or I guess investing in businesses versus investing in real estate. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't want to put real estate on the spot. It's not a bad thing, right? I mean, if you have a business, why not own the real estate that it sits on, right? Right. But but I'm saying as if you have this little nugget of money and you're like, I want to do something with it. I, I want to see a return on my investment. Uh, and, and real estate is one option, but take, take me through what kind of the advantages are of being a business owner. Earning potential and ability to scale when you're gonna invest in real estate, so people have selective hearing when I talk about, you know, because when you wanna own a business, you could, you could, there's an owner, are you gonna be an owner operator, so are you gonna invest in the business and spend 40 hours a week in it, like operating like, are you gonna work or not? You're gonna work or not, exactly. Yeah. Or are you gonna invest in the business and be semi-passive? Yep. And so, like, a lot of people and wait, really, just so, so we're yeah. clear too, uh, semi-passive, you were saying is, what, uh, 20 to 30 like hours? 10 to 20 hours. 10 to 20 hours? Yeah. Okay. yeah. A week. Maybe it's starting like 30 at the most, but like the goal would be to 10 to 20 into like, you know, year two, year three plus to like, you know, be 10 to 15 hours a week. A week. Gotcha. Gotcha. Exactly. Gotcha. And when people hear semi-passive, they say they, they only hear the passive part. <laughs> and so. They hear what they want to hear. Exactly. And, and so, you know, hey, Mike, I, I want to be a business owner. I want to, you know, I want to invest. I want to invest in this franchise. I really want to spend five or less hours a week. I really want to spend zero hours. I want to do nothing. I want to cut a check to the franchisor and let them do all the work. And I want to make all the money. And I say, okay, like passive is not semi. I said semi-passive yeah, yeah. for a reason. If you want to go passive, invest in real estate. Right. Uh, cut a, you know, cut a check to your financial advisor and let them invest it for you. Yeah. That's passive. Semi-passive is not 40 plus hours a week grinding. It's in the middle. It's semi. It's not owner operator. It's not passive. It's semi passive. It's in the middle. And, and even being a landlord isn't semi passive. Exactly. It could be full time if, exactly. if you don't do it right. But I would imagine that if you're, uh, if you have real estate investments, and you know, I don't know, like if it's a cap rate or a, a net income as a percentage of, of of gross rental income. If you're if you have a net income as a percentage of gross rental income, uh, before depreciation of like you know. Uh, seven or ten percent, I would think that's good. I, but I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but if your investments with your financial advisor are, are earning seven or ten percent, I mean, that's better than like what the bank is earning on your interest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so, but but then if you hire a property management company, then you don't have to deal with a lot of those issues like you were talking sure. about, like dealing with like annoying tenants. But then that property management expense is biting into your margin. Exactly. And so, real, like real estate is safe. It's bricks and dirt. It's it much more doable to be like in the twenty to thirty percent. Uh, with a business as opposed to real estate and then you can scale that business much more effectively than you can 
uh, and affordably than you can scaling a real estate, which means you have to buy more real estate, take on more commercial mortgage debt, but buying businesses, you know, new franchise territory, franchise resale, non-franchise resale, they have the ability, uh, they have uh, stronger earnings potential than real estate, mm-hmm. and they also have the ability to scale more than real estate. For anyone's watching, I guess, what would be the advice you give? I mean, contacting you is really great, but you know, if they, if they wanted to take a little more time before content, you know, what should they look into? What should they kind of be researching to help them feel a little more comfortable about uh, you know, maybe starting a conversation with you? Absolutely, so they could check out the BizFranHub website, uh, we have uh, we have um, a lot of good stuff there. Uh, we we white label the franchise consulting piece of our overall thing through a network called the U Network. So me and my partner John are two of twenty four franchise consultants with the U Network. Okay. So check out the U Network. Um, and that's uh, Y O U. Yeah, Y O U. Yeah, okay. the U Network. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, um, I have I have a, a library of of white papers and articles all about franchise investment ownership. They can check out Biz by Sell. Right now, Biz by Sell is the status quo out there in terms of like the most robust online digital marketplace for sure. the business resale world. So, you know, just like you were to go to MLS for real estate, if you wanted to look for businesses for sale in your area, you know, you would go, you would do LoopNet for commercial real estate. Yep. And if you wanted to do businesses, you would go Biz by Sell. Oh, Both really? LoopNet and Biz by Sell are owned by CoStar Group. Ah. And so there's also another one. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, that's CoStar cool. Group owns these like digital marketplaces. They have another one that's for land. And so you're saying it's, it's very much just like a catalog of businesses that are for sale there? Exactly. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like up until recently, our selling listings, like the, 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 the sellers that we're working with, uh, we would list them on biz by sell and then we would include a link on our website uh, that would pretty much redirect them to our biz by sell listing but now we have our own platform That's and awesome. so we're not going to be a biz by sell well, congratulations over. thank you <laughs> i got a lot going on yeah man like, <laughs> like we're not going to become biz by sell overnight but we're going but we are scaling to be another online digital marketplace for the business resale and franchise world that's amazing and i mean we are the face of chicago business so I mean, we got it in the name and obviously that's very exciting so uh, if you're listening and that excites you as well and and you want to reach out to to michael please do so directly or you can contact them by filling out the form below but michael i know we have a lot more to talk about in the future but for now you know i just thank you for not only sharing your story but also this really fun expertise in terms of the business buying process and yeah man i just look forward to to further conversations so thank you likewise tony thank you for having me no i appreciate it thank you so much appreciate you too thank you